Welcome to the BT Focus podcast dedicated to the behavior technician experience and the delivery of ABA services. Hello and welcome back to a pre-Thanksgiving edition of the BT Focus podcast. I'm Brian Kaminsky. I uh, I hope that all of you are doing well. Um, it's a eventful time of the year. I know for a lot of people uh, getting ready for that holiday swing. Um, and we're approaching my favorite holiday, which is Thanksgiving, which I, I think is a bit underrated. Um, it's one of the few holidays that I can center around football and just copious amounts of food. And it's one of the few times a year I just revel in a really good nap midday to get ready for just another round of dessert and great food and a lot of good family time. So uh, super happy to be with y'all and excited to go into another round of our ABA FAQs edition where we unpack common questions that we'll see in new behavior technicians who are coming in the field or new staff or joining the organization that are just common themes that we hear in our trainings and, and different meetings throughout the organization. So I want to take some time to unpack uh, a really important topic, um, which is the concept of extinction and extinction burst. So uh, if, you're, if you're new to behavior analysis and if you've not heard that term, um, when I say extinction, not referring to what happened to, you know, T-Rexes uh, thousands and thousands of years ago, right? Different context, different different, uh, different story altogether, right? Now, we're talking about a behavioral phenomena, a behavioral principle, which is extinction, where we are no longer reinforcing a behavior that was previously reinforced. And as a result of that, ultimately over time we see a decrease in that behavior okay so that's a definition of the phrase extinction but let me just start with a bit of context and maybe a little bit of scenarios for you and why i think this is such an important topic for new behavior technicians especially to understand so when i first started in the field as a behavior technician um, i remember the very first client i was working with and um, this this client had history of some problem behavior. And so one of the very first things that I did with my BCBA is we went over their behavior intervention plan, behavior treatment plan, and my BCBA walked me through a number of different strategies that would be using to build skills over time and to decrease that problem behavior. And a component of that behavior intervention plan was this principle or procedure of extinction where we would no longer be providing reinforcement for certain problem behaviors that that were elicited oftentimes to gain access to an item you know the child really loved uh playing with cars and trucks so a lot of times we'd see crying behavior which would be evoked that previously in the past was reinforced by giving them those trucks those items that were really reinforcing so one of the first things that my BCBA went over with me is that, you know, we're no longer going to be providing those reinforcers when that problem behavior occurs, right? So, so that is a definition of extinction. We're no longer reinforcing behaviors that were previously reinforced, which over time will decrease the rate of that behavior. So in other words, if, if we're not providing reinforcement for that crying behavior, over time, we're going to see that crying behavior decrease. Okay. However, 
there is a very important component to extinction that is important for you to understand because oftentimes, you know, you hear that expression, you know, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Um, that is very much the case with extinction. And we will often see an, an accompanying condition known as an extinction burst, which is a temporary increase in that behavior's frequency, intensity, or magnitude directly following extinction. So in other words, if crying used to produce the delivery of that car, that truck, and we're no longer reinforcing following that crying, for a period of time, we may see that crying intensity increase, right? So for new behavior technicians, this is something to be really mindful of from an expectation standpoint, because what this really means is that you could be doing everything right, right? You could be following that behavior plan to a T, and for a period of time, due to this behavioral phenomenon, this principle of extinction followed by extinction burst, you may see that problem behavior increase. And so um, knowing that that's a very predictable pattern is important because it shows that you're not doing anything wrong. Um, this is this is something that we see over and over again. However, there are some very important clinical takeaways that are important to have within this discussion of extinction and extinction burst. Okay, so that's a little bit of a definition overview. Let's go through some key clinical takeaways when it comes to the application of an extinction procedure. All right, clinical takeaway number one, we never, and I underscore, underscore the word never, implement extinction in isolation, right? So if we're no longer reinforcing certain behaviors, we are always providing an alternative way for that child to access that reinforcer. We would call this a differential reinforcement of alternative procedure, a DRA, right? So if crying would no longer result in the delivery of that car or truck, what are we going to do in its place? We're going to teach that child some form of communication that'll allow them to get access to the item just as well. And you know what? The best way that we can do that is actually make that communication response even easier and less effortful than the problem behavior itself. So the form of communication will vary by learner. For some, it might be, you know, uh, vocal behavior where they can, you know, request in words, car please, truck please. That might be the case for some learners. For others, we might be using what we'd call a PEX board, a picture exchange communication system where they're exchanging an icon for that reinforcer. For others, it might be an augmentative device um, that will allow them to gain access to the item. But that's a really important step. We we are never, um, you know, uh, denying access to that that reinforcing item without also providing them a more effective alternative way to obtain that item. And what we'll see over time is that if we are consistent with our extinction procedure, where we're no longer reinforcing that problem behavior. And instead, we are reinforcing and strengthening that alternative response. We're going to see that behavior shift over time. So being mindful of that extinction burst, uh, you can look look up a graph if you feel so inclined. Look up a graph. Uh, just Google extinction burst. <laughs> and you'll see a picture of a graph where you'll see behavior at a baseline. And then you'll see a temporary increase in that frequency of problem behavior. That's the extinction burst. However, if we stay consistent, it's going to dip down over time. So that's a really important clinical takeaway, number one. We are never 
implement an extinction procedure in isolation, we are always teaching an appropriate alternative response to gain access to that reinforcing item or activity. All right, number two. So clinical takeaway number two, and I think it really dovetails nicely into the first comment of, you know, you're not doing anything wrong with that extinction procedure. Uh, if you're following that plan to fidelity, uh, tip number two, takeaway number two, it's really important for you as the implementer to be mindful of your own behavior and stay calm. Okay. Um, it's hard. Um, seeing problem behavior um, and that, that emotional responding is, is challenging. And so, you know, doing the best to monitor your own emotions and really teaching with that empathy and compassion and support and really prompting that that client, that learner through that communication response and just maintaining your own sense of calm will really pay very large dividends, right? So monitoring your own behavior, staying calm and relying on your training and support to really implement that plan with consistency and fidelity every single time. That's it's a very simple uh, statement, but I understand that it's effortful. So, um, you know, always check with your supervisor for that additional support. But that's just a really important takeaway, the importance of just remaining calm and mindful of your own responding. Number three, this is critical, the importance of data collection and, and any sort of behavior change procedure, but especially for problem behavior reduction. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, data collection is very key for the implementation of any uh, intervention that has an extinction component because of the point that I made earlier that extinction and extinction bursts follows a very predictable pattern. And so by taking data, you and your clinician can see exactly where are you in this process. And sometimes it can be very difficult on a moment to moment or moment to moment or even day by day level to see, you know, is how is that behavior changing over time? And taking that data allows you to take a step back and say, wow, problem behavior was at 16 minutes on Monday. It was at 18 minutes on Tuesday. By Wednesday and Thursday, we're down to 10 minutes and then eight minutes. And then over time, you will see that predictable curve with an extinction burst, but you're only going to see that if you're taking data. And it's so important. And check out any of our other episodes on data collection, ABC data collection, continuous measurement, part of our RBT mini series. Uh, data collection is so important. I, I love this quote and I'll share it again. Uh, without data, we're just another person with an opinion. <laughs> and uh, we don't want to just be another person with opinion. We want to be evidence-based. We want to be uh, data informed. And so such an important step. Um, and check out those other resources uh, for your implementation. So tip number four, be mindful of a principle known as spontaneous recovery. And so what spontaneous recovery is, is temporary recovery of a previously extinguished response. So what that means is you may have implemented an extinction-based procedure where ultimately problem behavior has been reduced to zero. That, that problem behavior no longer results in reinforcement and it decreases over time. Spontaneous recovery is this phenomenon where at times you will see that problem behavior return. 
right? Um, to use an example, uh, let's use an analogy. Here's a here's a casino analogy or a metaphor um, where you will see this quite a bit within within a you know casino based setting where you're working at a slot machine, right? So let's imagine every time you pull the slot machine, you get a payout, right? Pretty reinforcing, right? You pull the slot machine, you get a payout. Pull the slot machine, you get a payout. All of a sudden, the casino realizes, hey, we're losing a lot of money here. Let's put an extinction. Now, every time you pull that slot machine, there's nothing that comes out, right? What's going to happen over time? Eventually, you're going to stop pulling that slot machine. What spontaneous recovery is, is that, that that individual may sometime in the future say, hey, let's let's see if this response, which was previously pretty successful for me, let's see if it works again, so to speak. Pull a slot machine nothing comes out. And so provided that the extinction procedure is done consistently, we will see after that spontaneous recovery, as long as there's not reinforcement being provided, that behavior will go back to zero levels. So uh, be mindful of that because you might say, oh, wow, like the behavior, I haven't seen that behavior in a long time and it just reappeared. Yep. More than likely that's spontaneous recovery. So if you stay consistent, you will see the same results over time. All right, uh, here's my takeaway number five. And this is a, a phrase that I want you to really reflect on because it's such an important one. The importance of minimizing attention while maximizing safety. Okay, what do I mean by that? So for some problem behavior that is maintained by social attention, right? So we see a child engage in some sort of problem behavior to get some sort of response or uh, attention or some statement made. Um, what we would do in an extinction procedure is that we would advocate for minimizing attention when that behavior occurs. However, it's important to understand that, you know, you might hear the phrase, let me use air quotes here, planned ignoring. I think that that phrase sometimes gets used um, and you'll see that from time to time. I want to just stress that you will absolutely never be ignoring a, a behavior. Um, you will be attempting to minimize attention when we see some problem behaviors. And that's really important because safety is always our guiding principle. Um, so if you are in a situation where a learner is unsafe and you are implementing an extinction procedure, always know that their safety comes first. And so really work within the scope of your training and the scope of your treatment plan to ensure that their safety and, and that of yourself and others is always the first priority. And there will be times where it will be impossible to truly not provide attention, right? But what we can do in those situations is minimize attention. So I just remember this phrase, when we're implementing an extinction procedure, especially for any attention maintained problem behavior, we will be minimizing attention while always maximizing safety. So those are a few clinical takeaways for you on the concept of uh, extinction and extinction burst. Um, always refer to your behavior intervention plan, talk to your BCBA. And I think more than anything, when we have an appropriate uh, expectation and we have an understanding of the underlying behavioral principles, it makes execution and implementation that much smoother, uh, that much easier. I think this is a really important one for new staff where, yes, there are times where it seems like things are getting a bit worse before they get better. But if you have an understanding of those behavioral concepts, I think that it'll allow you to just do your job with a sense of confidence and understanding that 
if we're always moving directionally and teaching skills and supporting our clients, we are going to see great things in the end. So thank you for joining us on today's episode. I hope we all have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. I hope you have just copious amounts of food, maybe a great nap, and I will be watching my Detroit Lions more than likely lose. And so that is my final Thanksgiving tradition. Until next time. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the BT Focus podcast. As we learn more about the stories and the science behind applied behavior analysis.